Hello everyone. Good Welcome morning. To Ow. Did you just hear that click? That was my shoulder. What? I don't know if it was picked up in the mic, but yeah. That's extreme. <gasps> I am extreme. Mel. What? Do you remember what I did yesterday? No. I went to physiotherapy. Oh yeah. I thought this would be interesting to talk about given you just said you clicked. Um, everybody, I went to physio yesterday. So I got needles put in my bum and my back mm. to help with the... I've got a numb bum. Well, it's not numb, it's like It's pins and needle. It? Yeah, it's pins and needly because mm. I've got a pinched nerve. Yes. Anyway. Fascinating. I, yeah, it well, is... both fa- very broken, aren't we? It is fascinating, mm. but... So I got needles put in my back and my bum and oh my God, the pain. I was like singing through it. I was like, oh my goodness. So the physio was just like, who am I treating today? Anyway, that's what I did this week. Mel, what did you do this week? Um, I worked a lot. Yeah, you've been working. I'm very You're tired. a key worker. I'm a key You've been worker. doing lots of key working things. I do, and it's brilliant. And I feel like I'm actually making a difference and like helping. I met one of the children's mum, yeah, mum who I work with, and um, from a distance, of course. Um, and yeah, she just like thanked me for everything. So apparently, I've made a difference. But I don't know. It was just really nice. To that know is that so I'm, like, nice. And doing I'm sure you something. Have. I'm sure you absolutely helpful. have. Um, yeah, that was it. My week hasn't been as interesting as your. Oh wait, how's it? Oh, I'm trying to convince Clancy to let me adopt oh an animal. Um, so everyone, I really need you to follow us on social media at Open House Pod on Instagram or at underscore open house pod on twitter or you can send us an email talkopenhouse at gmail.com and what i want you to do when you follow us on all of those social media platforms is to send messages to clancy to say yes this is a brilliant idea you should let mel adopt an animal into your which animal do you want mel well, I would ideally like a dog, but I don't think we have the lifestyle to be able to support that and to give the dog what it needs. Go on, so tell them what you want to get. Maybe a bunny, because there are 67,000 bunnies without homes and who are neglected and abandoned and abused in this country. So I would like to rescue one, because we have what? a garden. Because you're such a good person. I am. <laughs> and, and, and or a ferret, but I don't know the no. adoption rates for those. But they are quite easy to look after because they oh sleep quite a lot. Oh my God. But, but bunnies would be good. I think so, it's like a therapy animal. I, think I know, it. and I know, and this is the thing though. I had a bunny when I was a kid and it shat everywhere. It was just like finding chocolate chips that weren't yummy everywhere Yeah, but on we the have floor. a mouse anyway right now and that shit's everywhere, so it'll just be the same. Well, I'm in the process well, of trying to remove said mouse. And this is why I'm a good person and you are not. Wow, 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 wow. I'm going to quote that, put it in a big, like, audiogram. Um, this is all clickbait. We love each other the so person, much, really. <laughs> The bunny is becoming an issue, though. <laughs> but my therapist said. <laughs> Every time I'm like, mm, Mel, I don't know if this is a good idea. She's like, but my therapist was like, I need a therapy animal. She didn't say that, but I'm going to suggest it. <laughs> MC. Anyway, go on. Um, so this week? week we're interviewing Georgie Jones, who is an, an incredible actor and poet. And she basically wrote this poem in response to Rishi Sunak uh, saying that jobs in the arts were unviable. And it's called Dear Rishi Sunak. And we were blown away and we asked her to come on the podcast. And so for a bit of context, here is Dear Rishi Sunak by Georgie Jones. It's important 
to talk about the in-between, the moments that so often make us feel like we're failing. Because when you're striving for something, the other stuff often doesn't get enough praise. So if you want to talk about retraining, in between auditions, we pull pints and wipe tables, collect children from school when their grown-ups aren't able, we make them dinner and put them to bed. Offered opportunity, we always say yes and figure out how on the way. We're on a bus before sunrise, on our way to set up a coffee shop before your alarm has even gone off. So whenever you're ready, we will paint your espresso with rosettas and steamed milk swans. We scan barcodes and stack shelves, kings and queens of stock rotation. If you've got questions, we can help. We are tourist information and event caterers, and that's sometimes a toughie when you're proffering profiteroles on tiny plates to producers you used to be in the room with who've long forgotten your name, all the while, of course, with a smile on your face. This is not for the faint-hearted. We are minimum wage, 15-hour day dreamers. We schedule other people's meetings and answer other people's phones and spend our evenings tutoring for GCSEs in other people's homes. And there is loads I haven't mentioned, loads I don't even know exists because it's part and parcel isn't it? Art so often comes with an other. We are all creative slash somethings. And people say, if you do what you love, you will never work a day in your life. But that's not quite true. I'm willing to bet that on top of all of this, for so many creatives to get to where they've got, they've worked longer hours for less money. They've missed Christmases and birthdays and we've lost touch with wonderful people we truly love just because our schedules never match up. We've lost evenings and weekends in an attempt to become masters of balance, to find that equilibrium between lifelong passion and the thing that started out on the side that has now somehow become our only flotation device and there aren't even loads of those anymore. So, Mr Sunak, you don't mind me asking what exactly would you like us to be so so beautiful so good so without further ado here is open house with georgie jones welcome to open house the podcast all about having those difficult conversations ever had to hash out funeral plans with your terminally ill mum or ask if your dad is really your dad we have and we want to chat all about it Join me, Clancy, and me, Mel, as we open up and get into some nitty-gritty details. Like therapy, but cheaper. This is Open House. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Open House. It's so lovely to have you all on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever it is that you're listening to. You all. Yes. You all. We hope it is you all and not just like my grandma. But it won't like be my grandma because she's already established she doesn't like it. Oh yeah, we've already had hate mail, <laughs> from, had hate mail grandma, from my grandma. So that's the thing. So <laughs> today, guys, we have an incredible human being in our virtual studio. It is Georgie Jones. Yes. Georgie is an actor, writer, poet, and very funny person. Very, she is one quarter of the sketch comedy company Just These Please who, since forming in 2018, has sold out two five-star Edinburgh Fringe runs, had multiple viral videos online, and were finalists for the 2019 Cat Laughs Best Newcomer Award. Georgie is a former Roundhouse resident artist, Poetry Slam finalist, and creator of the show Ish. The show has toured the UK and has been recorded for Stanford Arts Centre, and people like London Theatre One say it is 
a charming and touching show laced with warmth and hilarity at every turn. We found Georgie through her Instagram poems, particularly the particularly Jeannie Wiz, the one entitled Dear Rishi Sunak, which was so funny and heartfelt and great. Please welcome to our virtual studio, the wonderful Georgie Jones. <laughs> Oh, no, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for coming on. So we were, we were saying earlier, so when we saw your poem, Dear Rishi Sunak, so for context, when the self-employed people and the theatre industry had kind of been, like, left to die, uh, Georgie <laughs> wrote this incredible poem to Rishi Sunak. Do you want to kind of talk about, like, where that came from? Because we, we saw it and we were like, oh, my goodness, we need oh my godness oh my goodness we need to talk to this <laughs> we're person. both struggling today i think we both need to yesterday i said the i couldn't say out. the word lip sync I, I kept saying limp sync i was like <laughs> what is that yeah yeah so um it was such a bonkers thing i i remember saying to my friend like i feel like everyone's really angry about this rishi sunak thing obviously understandably um and him him suggesting that creative people should perhaps retrain and I was like we've got to respond with the art that's the only way that we can do this you know there's no point in being like this is outrageous rah 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 and like anger I think anger never solves anything anyway so I was like we've got to do something creatively and I was like I'm gonna write a poem about it that'll show him (laughs) (laughs) um yeah, and I remember it just... Because I, also, I think, throughout lockdown, I was really struggling to write poetry. I just had no, like, inspiration or motivation, and it just didn't happen. And then this, I was like, aha, this is it. And it just, like, flooded out of me. And I remember my mum was like, your dinner's on the table. And I was like, I just really quickly need to, like, record and upload this poem because it has to be immediate. Like, everyone's talking about this now, mum. <laughs> and I remember finishing dinner, and it suddenly was on, like... A whole bunch of views and I did I had like 300 Instagram followers and I remember after dinner it was on like a thousand views and I was like that's so quick that's very quick it was fast that's amazing fast the whole sentiment of it and so because like we were two of those people who shared it because we like I remember watching it and just like crying oh and some of those some of what you said about like who we are and the jobs that we do in between the, the those those high moments because that's that's all the, where the work is isn't it and the implication mm. that we we don't have a lot of strings to our bow of things that we can do was just insulting and I think you it just you hit the nail on the head like fucking bang <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, thanks that's it's yeah gorgeous um, yeah it's brilliant so good but how are you how have you been I'm fine I'm fine it's just been such a weird one hasn't it this whole year yeah. fucking shit <laughs> yeah. how are you both I was saying I've been feeling a bit aimless just because you know you do your you do your in-between jobs with the hope of getting to the end of them yeah and there's just with no end I've just been feeling like like it's just there's no there's no light kind of at the end of the tunnel but hopefully with yeah. this vaccine rolling out I've got a bit mm. of hope now so that's nice yeah it's it's oh. funny isn't it because it's like the complete opposite of normally we're doing like five things at once and you yeah. never have a time I don't know about you but at the beginning I was like oh a break this is quite nice <laughs> and like yeah. for two weeks I was like mate oh a little bit of sunshine fantastic the sun and, and the first very, lockdown was good very oh, so welcome good. and then suddenly it was like 
I, I, I'm struggling with this actually. Yeah. Like I really mm. need the, the busyness and the constant stuff. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. It's really yeah. hard. And I think that's what's so like brilliantly was felt in, again, coming back to your video, but like none of us are good at not being busy I don't mm. think personally like okay let me just speak for myself I'm really not good at being busy um, no not good at not being busy sorry yeah so like but that I think is just testament again to like the whole like wanting to do all of the things all of the time and keep all of the skills going and that you know lots of people are multi what are you laughing sorry, at I just thought as well I was like and if you're busy all the time you don't have to think too hard about your existence and how you feel <laughs> literally <laughs> literally I, I've spent that. too much time being like what is my life yeah. oh it's so true honestly I I think so I'm not saying you should like put yourself in a position where you're running yourself into the ground and is so busy that you are like covering up all of your mental health um concerns but it does help like do you know what I mean just to kind yeah. of like keep your like energy going mm. you know and it's um, like purpose isn't it what's yeah. my purpose Absolutely. when there's nothing on it's like just to exist but I feel like I've got to be doing something worthwhile like absolutely how can I do that you know I find it really difficult to assign value to things that are quite like small as well which I think is mm. on me I think that's on me thinking like um it's almost that like overachiever mentality of like that you get from school where you're like you need to be winning awards and completing tasks and so then like I made a lasagna the other day and I was like good me like that's like well done me but like I I had to like really actively be like this is an achievement (laughs) yeah I think that's why people get so addicted to social media because the only kind of gratification and like celebration of the small things like the lasagna take a picture and put it on something and people will be like so I like that that's a good looking lasagna like well done you and we go oh I like that I want more of that so then yeah. you put more stuff on and it's this kind of immediate like you know well done I'm impressed by you and you're like yeah. oh great on that note Georgie <laughs> would you like to introduce your first difficult conversation to us I don't know if this is a bit of a cheat because it's oh. a conversation that I ended up not saying what I wish I'd said. Because I think, in general, I'm not very good at... uh, I like to please people, I Mm -hmm. suppose. And so I don't want to ever, like, cause a fuss or cause trouble. So I'm just like, yeah, great, great, great. And um, I remember on my birthday this year, my friend has this, like, drunken video of me being like, I'm just not going to do that anymore, okay? I'm like... (laughs) not gonna go on a date and laugh at their jokes that aren't funny and I'm not gonna do stuff that (laughs) I do out of politeness anyway um that obviously hasn't happened (laughs) I'm still doing that stuff but um my difficult conversation is um I was at a wardrobe fitting for a job and the costume woman went uh, I was going to say went to town. That's not quite fair. She just made a lot of... Um, she had a lot of opinions on the shape of my body, essentially, and how it wouldn't fit in any of her <laughs> costumes, even though I'd, like, written down my sizes on the sheet, given it to them, whatever, like... Um, yeah, and they were all, like, vintage suits, which I think, fair enough, the sizing's a bit different. But it was very embarrassing to continually come out of this room and be like, this one doesn't fit either, and this one doesn't fit either, and you feel like you're kind of wasting people's time. 
And then there was a moment where she said, honestly, your body's so out of proportion, you should just join the circus. And then her assistant laughed and they were both laughing. And I was just like sweating and like, this is horrendous. And I think back and I just desperately wish that I said something and instead I just like laughed along with it and I was like yes yes oh my god that's so funny and true and then I remember leaving and ringing my mum and being like have I got a funny story for you and she was like is that funny and I was like no no uh not in any way I think it's more of a if I don't laugh I'll cry situation Uh But it's just tricky, I think, when authority comes into play and, you know, as an actor, you're so dispensable anyway. There's like a hundred people that could do, if not more, I mean, so many more, so many more than a hundred people that could just replace you in a second. And I guess it's such a fine line to tread where you don't want to get on the wrong side of someone who knows someone in an industry that's so full of connection. Yeah. Um, It's a difficult thing to navigate. But I didn't even, I didn't navigate it in any way. I just said nothing, which is, I'm kind of like, oof. And I would hope that it wouldn't happen again. But if it did happen again, that I would say, excuse me, that's not a super kind thing to say. Or I don't know, something. Something. I think that's a good thing to say. Oh God, I... God, that is awful. It's awful. (laughs) But I also get what you mean, especially when you're like, I was thinking back to my, so my first job and... 20, so we both graduated in 2018, so at the end of that year. Um, and I went to, do you know the, uh, like, what's it called? Angel costume. They've got, like, yes, a costume that's hat. where I was. Were you there? Yeah. Okay, so I came out of that changing room. And I didn't, so, and they were all just sat there. And I didn't realise you had to, like, get changed in front of them. Mm. Like, I just hadn't even thought about that. So I hadn't thought about what, like, undies I was wearing or anything. Because mm-hmm. I'd, like, never done this before. And then they, like, had all this stuff laid out. And you don't, I, like... It's, I get like flashbacks to like, you know, when you're, you're feeling a bit about yourself and you try something on in a changing room and, yeah. and you have a bit of a, oh, I'm feeling crap, but then you have an audience of like five people yes. and then they're watching you change and they don't go like, oh, like, would you, would you mind if we stay in or would you like us to step out? Like, it's mm. almost like because you're an actor, they think that you, that you have like no boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas or that like, you're like very confident and yeah. unaffected by absolutely but like when you do stuff on stage well you would hope that in a rehearsal process you've like worked on discussing those boundaries and you've Mm -hmm. like worked on you know if it's an intimate scene you've worked on that intimacy and where you both feel safe and it's choreographed so it's not like a situation where you're just like in life taking your clothes off and then Mm -hmm. to have someone insult you when you're already in a vulnerable position this person just sounds like a like world-class dickhead and I hope I never work with them (laughs) Yeah, and I hope that it never like. I hope that they. I don't know how to talking to or something, so it doesn't happen to, happen to, other people. Because, yeah, yeah, and it's weird when you're in those sort of like power dynamics as well. Like, Mm -hmm. be it a, like as a as a creative. um, What did your? As you say, did your mum? What did your? How did your mum react? Like beyond that. Because I feel like um, my mum would get really fucking defensive. <laughs> I don't think she... I think she was just like, that's not very funny, is it? And I was like, no. But I, I guess I have, like, this response generally in life. When things happen, I like to quite quickly make it a story that's then my story to tell. Yeah. And I, and I think that's, like, such a therapeutic, although pro- possibly quite dangerous thing, I guess, to do 
where then I'll like recount this story. So, you know, people tell horror stories and I'm like, oh, well, sit down because I've got the winning one. And then you kind of like tell it in this way that that makes it into this hilarious and you, you tell it like a story that's your story and it's so funny. And then you think people can't hurt me with this anymore because it's now my story to tell and I'm telling it in this jokey way. But also it's like it's okay to just be sad about stuff. This is what I'm learning, like, the older I get, I'm like, it's okay to just, to not have to turn everything into a joke and be like, nothing touches me, everything bounces straight off me, no one can hurt me, I'm invincible. It's okay to, like, let stuff in and be like, that made me feel sad and and I wish that you hadn't said that kind of thing, you know? Like, how, obviously, you know, you're, um in like a, a comedy group and a very funny person and do comedy as well like how easy is it to bridge that gap to sort of like still be able to tell like jokes and anecdotes about your experience but not have it be situations like this where you're just pulling fun at stuff that isn't actually that is still from like a lot of pain I think there's a fine line because I think that's important a lot of what I do in my in my poetry show ish which I think there's also a lot of humor in is try and um make fun of situations that other people might feel vulnerable about in a way to be like everyone's there with you and it's okay i.e body hair or um I don't know I guess like I talk a lot about like bad first kisses or like rubbish sexual experiences whatever and then I don't mind it then I don't be mind being like okay let me tell you about this one time I like got my pubes caught in a zip which has never <laughs> happened and that's not in the show that's just something <laughs> I've said now in case people are in the audience like oh my god that once happened to me and I never thought I could tell anyone about it because I was so mortified I think there's a there's a, a really important thing in being like, if we all just talked about it more, there'd be way less stuff to feel embarrassed about. Yeah. But I think stuff like this, that's not helping anyone in any way, and you're just telling a joke about it as a way of dealing with it, is probably not the best thing to do. Mm. And doesn't, like, fix any situations for anybody. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, although I think, I think there's definitely a discussion, have like, obviously, just having happening in Wider World about body image and mm. where our ideas of what a healthy body looks like and you know there's a lot of I think um movement towards just because your body looks a certain way doesn't mean you're necessarily like healthy which I think came out of mm-hmm. like Bojo's like obesity thing and there are a lot of people mm-hmm. who are like who would appear to be overweight who are like I have a perfectly healthy routine and this is just how my body manifests as a form in the world yeah. Um, so I don't know. I definitely think that's a topic that we also need to approach with like, oh my God, what the fuck am I saying? I also <laughs> think it's a good topic to bring, to chat about because mm. I think there's a lot of stigma about like for human bodies, which is yeah. fucking shit. <laughs> yeah. Cause people always, people always seem to have comments about stuff like generally, like how you present to the world, be that, you know, if you're sort of young and impressionable, any, co- any age do you know what I mean it's still gonna Mm -hmm. cut be that your clothes that you're wearing like you say be that like how your body physically like looks um 
makeup all of the, like all of those things however you choose to people always think because it's the first thing that they see and that's the thing that's going out into the world I think people think that they have um agency to be able mm. to comment on it um which I yeah. think is something that we need to like that to talk about but the bit that they're doing the talking to the people and telling them <laughs> comments about themselves needs to stop mm. let people be my um, sorry that's no I was just gonna say so my my kind of I mean the my version of your story essentially is a bit different because the person in question wasn't being um harmful it was just clearly a manifestation of their own um expectations of what their body should Mm. look like um but I went to a, a school in Singapore um and I was in the the dance faculty so we did a lot of ballet um and I had a, uh, I had like food poisoning for two weeks. So I lost a lot of weight just because I couldn't keep any food down. Mm. And my ballet teacher walked by and went, you look great. Whatever you're doing, keep it up. <laughs> oh she was like, your gosh. lines look so long. And in my head, I was like, you fucking idiot. I'm ill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I look malnourished <laughs> because yeah, I man. am. And it's like. But she, like, this is a lot, she's a lovely person and, but it's just the world she's grown up in, that's a beauty standard and, you know, it's like completely Mm -hmm. warped, but that's what the, the, that's why I think a lot of people in Bali have a lot of it, like body in, body issues. Yes. Is there anything more on that, that moment and that discussion that you're like, that you want to say and put out into the world? I don't think so. I, I guess I just, I guess I feel now like looking back at it. I feel like, in general, I think that if I say things that are not even negative, but just kind of standing up for myself, in my head, there's no difference between, hey, that's not super cool and it doesn't make me feel good, and like, oh my god, you idiot, you're the worst person I've ever met, you can't... Like, in my head, there's no difference, and I think if I say something that's standing up for myself, it's going to come across like I'm super aggressive and rah, 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 which is obviously ludicrous and not the case but I think I don't know I guess I've just learned with like age and experience that people don't people respect you for standing up for yourself and don't think whoa what's her problem unless it's totally unjust you know and sometimes it takes that for someone to realize that they're doing something that's a hurtful you know Absolutely. Mm. Um, so, and on that lovely bit of closure, do you want to move on to your next difficult conversation? I do. Yay. I suppose I don't necessarily have a specific example that I can think of. But in general, asking for help is difficult, difficult conversation. Uh, not even in a big way. I think I'm quite stubborn. I know I'm quite stubborn. (laughs) I think I really like to be like, I can do this. I can do it and I can figure it out and I can do whatever. And I think that comes across in a way that I, I definitely portray myself as being quite like strong and independent, which I think I am, but probably not to the extent that I make out that I am. Mm. So amongst my friendship groups, I think I'm the person that, that, people come to if they've got an issue which is great I love that I think that's amazing but then sometimes you're doing so much helping that you're forgetting about your own stuff and I find it really hard to be like I'm struggling with a lot of stuff right now 
can we talk about it or can I vent to you or can you help me with this thing I watch a lot of Queer Eye um, <laughs> which I love and one of the things with the the people that they help is that they're always like I guess it's like a self-worth thing and and I feel like a lot of the time I think I just don't ever want to like trouble anyone or bother anyone and I don't want to like even like you know when you go to the hairdressers and they're like do you want a drink of water yeah even if I'm so thirsty I'll be like no thanks I'm fine and then the whole (sighs) time I just sit there trying not to choke on my own hair like oh my god this is horrendous it's okay to ask I know it's ludicrous but like it's okay to ask for stuff you know like yeah little things but then I but I get that and then sometimes you're like you ask for things and you're like you overthink if you're being demanding yes yes I think in this world as well and just like you said before about wanting to not wanting to shake that boat in a world whereby keeping connections and networking with people in order to have a career is very important and you know people view the the acting and performing world as like a pleasing kind of place Mm. but that's kind of because sometimes it can be and also we're very well versed at being vulnerable on stage because that's kind of what you got to do to do the acting thing but does that feel for you like a very different thing this is me perhaps projecting how I think about it but does it feel very (laughs) different being vulnerable on stage to being vulnerable in real life which is in situations where you whereby you have to ask for help, like that's terribly vulnerable. Do they feel like massive polar opposite ends of the spectrum? I don't think they do, but I think it's a different reason than what you said. I but that's that made it quite clear for me is that it's about being an actor but not wanting to be an actor when I'm not on a stage. Yeah. And mm-hmm. come across like demanding diva, can't do anything, can't cope with anything doesn't like this like stereotypical oh god she's such an actor look at the way that she behaves because <laughs> that's not it and that again that doesn't mean that if you say hey I need help with this thing that you automatically become that but I do always think god I don't want to be because I I know people like that but they're not like that because they're an actor they're like that because that's who they are and they mm. just happen to be an actor that's their job you know yeah um, so I guess it's more that thing and like not wanting to be this like, God, here she comes again. What's she going to make us do? Okay. I'm going to, I mean, make a bit of a leap here. Sometimes I think it's like as females, how we are socially mm. conditioned because I am quite a demanding person actually. <laughs> like in terms yeah. of like, really? my, shut up. My mum, <laughs> no, but like my mum was very much like, Clancy, if it's not done right, ask again. And I yeah. was like, yeah, that makes sense. So like, like if I'm in a restaurant and I have a, like this, I'm such a wanker. But if I'm in a I rest- thought you were going to say I'm such a Karen then. And I was like, I'm going to close my mouth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um, no, 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 no. I just, I. But if you need something done. Uh, but like if I'm in a restaurant and you get a poached egg and it's not runny in the middle, like just kindly ask for a new one. Like that mm. is their job. Is that really bad yeah. of me? But And then I worry that I'm being so... Because I remember going to a restaurant with my boyfriend and he was like, oh, really, you're going to... And then I felt bad that I was asking for <laughs> what I wanted. And then I was like, oh, am I being difficult? But I was like, yeah. I'm paying 
nine pounds for that nine pounds for that single yeah, so then, with nothing else so then I feel like so conflicted because I'm like morally I'm like no I'm paying money I like want a thing a certain way and I should be able to get that thing a certain way but then yeah. I'm like oh but then will I be seen to be difficult or annoying or I guess often in those situations as well like they'll end up giving it like you know if someone brings something out and like it's cold or like someone brings something else and like it's like burnt or like something bad Mm. has happened to it usually the the people will end up giving you like a refund or they'll give you the food anyway Um, Mm. that's happened to me whereby the people like the servers have like noticed and then they'll be like oh gosh or like or maybe you've done that sort of thing like oh skirting around it but yeah I wonder whether a situation like that whereby you're preempting that situation anyway because they're they're saving money if you say oh would you mind okay they might have lost out on one poached egg but you know they're saving money by you saying oh would you mind like this happening um as opposed to them having to like give a i don't know i like do you see what i mean like a full refund for something yeah i don't know i'm not sure i think so much of it's in the way that you ask as well yeah you're like Mm. i'm really sorry blah 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 They'll be like, yeah, no sweat. Like, I've been a waiter. It never would have offended me if somebody done that. It's when they're, before any kind of conversation has happened and they're already livid at the mistake that's been made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they, you go into the conversation being like, okay, do you really think that this is acceptable? And the staff <sighs> are then like, wait, what? Sorry, I don't know. And that's when it becomes really horrible. I think we're all well within our rights to ask for things the way that we want them, yeah. especially if it's like you know, we're paying yeah. for it. You're so right. So I do true. think there's an element of like social conditioning. Cause like, so, it, cause it's interesting. And like watching the dynamic between my mum and my dad, um, my mum's dead and my dad doesn't know podcasts. Um, so they won't be able to access this. But um, <laughs> um, I deal with death with humor. Um, <laughs> um, but like, so my because my dad's also quite demanding but then like my mum was then a nag mm-hmm. so like my, they were both demanding but my mum was a nag and my dad was assertive and I'm like where right. is this double standard coming from so yeah, like even if they were delivering yeah the same. my dad would be like oh my god Sam you're like just leave it just like you're such a nag like stop annoying them and then my mm-hmm. dad would do the same thing just about something else because he's got different priorities and mm-hmm. it would be fine because he wants what he wants and I'm like, yeah. where do we get off having this double standard for people who are just got different genitals? It pisses me off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yes. That is all I have yeah. to say. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's, no, I do. I think it, I think it could very much be part of it. That whole like keep calm and like carry on and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And as we have, yeah, as we've just said. Um, oh, I, don't, I think I had a question and then it just went out of my head. It flew away like a bird. It flew away over there. Like the theatre <laughs> industry. Yeah, very much so. Uh, no, it's gone. I'm so sorry. It might so come sad. back. It might come it back. Might. If it does, I'll segue back. Yeah, in the meantime, yeah. shall we shall we third difficult conversation it? Yes. This difficult conversation was an accident. I this is when <laughs> I was at school. <laughs> I was at school on the uh, Spanish exchange and we went with like my year and the year above and the year above. So I was like the least experienced and uh, youngest, not the youngest, but like the youngest year. Yeah. Um, 
at school and we on the last day we like went to meet the mayor of the town of the people that we'd been staying with and somebody in the higher years had written a speech to be read and and filmed for spanish local spanish television and wow. uh and I was there and talking to someone and I don't know that much Spanish, but I had a good accent because I, even then I was a performer um, and I accidentally got myself into being the one to read the speech on. How did that happen? <laughs> yeah. Um, basically, uh, the guy, the mayor was talking to me in Spanish and I didn't understand. So I was going... See, see, and he was like, blah, 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 blah. and I was like, oh, see, um, like all this conversation. And my Spanish teacher was standing there, and he was then chipping in occasionally, but obviously they were like fluently speaking in Spanish. And then he would just say things like, because of your accent, and I'd be like, oh, oh, gracias, yes. Um, <laughs> and then before I know it, I'm getting past this piece of paper. I'm being ushered up to the middle of the thing and I'm stood there with the thing and I don't understand what's going on. And so the, the cameras are on, the mayor's doing a speech. I'm listening, don't have a clue what he's talking about. I don't know when I'm supposed to read my speech. I don't know what the speech says because I can't speak <laughs> and probably the poor guy that wrote the speech who was sat in the audience is like giving me daggers like that should have been me up there doing that and I was like yeah okay um this is uh, this is like not good how do I get out of this and it's just like far too late for anything to be done about it and then I'm looking and then it gets to a point where everyone's looking at me and I was like okay it must be time to read the thing <laughs> so I read the thing and like don't even glance up I don't know what it says I just do my best like acento and um and then I look up and like some people are in tears and I'm like uh I don't oh no I don't really know like where to go from. so I just kind of like look back at the mayor and like give him a thumbs up and I'm like cool oh uh <laughs> is this okay this is gonna be the end um and as it transpired it was just like an emotional thing being like you know we felt so welcomed in this town and blah 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 thank you so much for having us and people like that's so amazing thank god but then i was just like stood up there like shaking and like this is um i don't know yeah okay okay this is what's um oh oh, this is what's happening how do people react and how did you find out what you said (laughs) Well, I then basically was talking to the older students and I was like, I can't believe that just happened. And they were like, what do you mean? I was like, I didn't know that I was going to be up there doing that. I didn't know anything that the 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 writing said, like the speech said, and the guy who'd written it was like, oh, basically, I'll read it to you. And there was a couple of words that I understood, but like not the whole sentiment of the, mm. the whole piece. Um, and I remember afterwards talking to my mum and she was just like, oh, my God you're gonna be on tv and i was like no no that's not that's not what we're focusing on here it was a difficult difficult situation that That is hilarious oh my my god i can't believe that that happened that you ended up up there though yeah i know that's amazing how did so obviously you tried to explain it to your mum you said Mm. um how how did that go down other than your mum saying you're gonna be on 
jelly. Yeah. <laughs> she was just honestly chuffed about it. And they were all like, can we get the station? I was like, no, it's like a tiny town in Spain. It's like local station. You wouldn't understand it anyway. I didn't even understand it. And I was just oh my God. doing it. I'm surprised people are crying though. It must have been a very impactful trip for you guys. Yeah. It actually was incredibly impactful for a long, like years and years and years afterwards. Wow. Actually, not the girl who was my exchange partner because we didn't get on super well. But uh, <laughs> another girl that I met, we we didn't get on because um, her dad was the headmaster of the school and mm. so when everyone else was out doing fun activities we were doing like maths at her house or like homework and I was like oh this is so sad and I hate maths and this is not fun um <laughs> and I think I don't know we just whatever she loved that I did not love that all of my friends were out on the beach, and I was like, oh, yes, algebra, good, let's do Spanish oh my God, algebra. So she's, been, she's been proper conditioned That's by her, her parents to be like, yes, I love maths. <laughs> yes, yeah. Oh. Wow. Um, but then there was another girl that I got on really well with, and so me and her and her actual exchange partner, um, and then all of her family, every summer afterwards for, like, six years, would go and do, like, a month in, or, like, two weeks in England two weeks in Spain and then that kind of petered out as we all you know went into like higher education and stuff but we would contact each other like all the time we would send each other stuff in the post so it was like a really we did make like real connections on the trip which was amazing amazing. it was really amazing and then is the only reason I really like stuck with and eventually learned to speak (laughs) Spanish because I think that's the best way to do it anyway, just like fully immerse yourself in the language yeah, and and you learn more than you could ever learn at school or whatever. But it was purely because of her, purely because of her and her family, um, which is amazing. That is yeah. so cool. That's so great. Mel, have you ever that's done an exchange so programme? I went to Paris, I think I went to Paris. Um, it was less like an... Oh, I might have had an exchange person that I wrote to maybe at high school um but I never actually have I been and stayed with when I went on holiday to the south of France with a friend it felt like an exchange program because this person is French and Mm. I basically went and we went to the south of France and we like visited like um (laughs) some of her older relatives that speak no English none whatsoever (laughs) so um her her dad does like speak in uh, some English and his partner um a little bit but like it was like a lot of French going on but I basically sat down at this table um in like the middle of nowhere of the south of France and um with these like older relatives that were just like and also it's the south of France so they had sort of like um there's there's sort of there's a lot less accenting that goes on in France Mm. um but it's sort of like a white like it's a bit of a wider accent if that makes sense like the sounds are a bit like wider a little bit they're not close to Quebec anyway but anyway but yeah I was literally sat there like playing like ping pong like tennis like (laughs) watching this conversation go on even though I had a pretty decent grasp of um French at the time but um no I'd really like to go and like work there I think because that would be useful um I was lucky to sort of just like pick it up through school and have like very small classes so I ended up getting like fairly so uh, Lou and Tish, we had way, but... we had a dance exchange program where we had some Chinese dancers come over, and a lot of my fr- like a lot of my friends who could speak Chinese and whose families were Chinese were like, I don't want anyone staying at my house. Like a lot of people were just like not game, 
And I was like, yeah, fuck it, fine. Um, but I can't speak Chinese and my exchange student can't speak English. So we had Google Translate up on the bed. <laughs> and we spent the, in- it was a week of Google Translate. And we'd, we'd be like playing charades in the like bedroom, like with the towel. She'd be like, I'd be like, hey. <laughs> it was ridiculous, but it was great. It was fun. It was fun. But she was oh. really emotional when she left and I was exhausted because I was like, I can't mm. keep the, up the Google Translate. <laughs> yeah i'm translated out yeah oh, that's brilliant oh. i think um exchange programs are so great it takes a long time as well google translate me and my friend <laughs> she might not be happy if she uh whatever she'll be fine um <laughs> we both were at the edinburgh fringe last year and then we booked this like super last minute holiday to turkey Ooh. we were like we just need to do nothing after like a very intense month yeah of- stuff um and we were like where are all the like cute boys at in this place it was all like old people or like families and we were like ew and then <laughs> boom we saw them and we were like excellent and we kept like there was two of them two of us and we kept seeing each other around the resort like all the time and like no one was making the first move and they had this beach bar um, had, there was a singer on. Had you decided which one you were interested in, which one she was interested in? Yeah. Had you done Luckily, the full, like, I've got the brunette? <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, we have, like, the complete opposite type. That is lucky. So, like, there's never any crossover. Oh, and um, and she was like, which one do you fancy? And I was like, obviously the tiny one. The one that was, like, really small. <laughs> and I was like, obviously the tiny one. She was like, excellent. And I was like, brilliant. And then we were like, mm. <laughs> Um, so we got to this beach bar one night and we were like right there they are we were like this is it we've just got to do it now because we keep seeing each other no one's saying anything like you know we've got to do it so we like got these drinks and like walked past them and like went to walk past and like not even notice them and be like oh sorry hi whatever you might have seen us around um and then they they stopped us and like took the drinks from us and we were like no 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 they're there for us they're for us and then they didn't speak a word of english they were turkish oh, no. we obviously didn't speak any turkish and we were like okay you're like i'm still having That's sex tonight <laughs> yeah it's not going to happen um but we did actually snog them but we ah. we the whole time again were like Google Translate, like hoping that the Wi-Fi from the hotel would like connect at the beach. <laughs> Stretch this beach bar. Oh my oh, god, that's so that's pretty... disappointing. But also, so like, I feel like they need to tell you when you book a hotel what the demographic of the other clientele are. Because <laughs> if you're going with that specific yeah, like... purpose, that's really disappointing. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't going with that specific purpose, but it just would have been like a nice. Add no, a gold nice benefit. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. But um it's it's a real mood kill, Google Translate, I will say. I'm sure. You know, like the, the banter to, like, doesn't quite fly off the tongue. It does not. <laughs> no. <laughs> Literally not. Oh my god. Not. I that love I love that that process of being like, I want that one, I want that one. Fantastic. And go. <laughs> and then it was like Mission Impossible music comes on. We put our shades on in sync and like stir around. You get that Google Translate up. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is oh, that's brilliant. Amazing. Oh wow! I think that's how all interactions with potential um, 
I was just going to say significant others, but that's really not the vibe that no, that situation yes. was pointing. <laughs> with like potential uh, suitors. I think that's suitors. how it always should go. Yeah. Fucking yeah. like suitors. Yes. Um, Georgie, <laughs> is there anything you didn't get to say that you want to say on the on the interweb? I don't think there is. Oh. No, thank you. No. Do you have cool. also? Do you have that's anything great. you want to plug? Um, just probably my Instagram. Amazing. That's so which is <laughs> that's a really good question. I don't even know. At that's all right. Jones with oh. a Z, um, because Brilliant. I'm edgy. <laughs> <laughs> it's not because of that. It's because it was taken. <laughs> oh my god, that's like Brilliant. open house was taken. So we're open house pod. I like open house pod. Thank you. Thank you. It's specific. Georgie, thank you so much yeah. for your time. Thank you so much. This has been Open House with me, Mel Lowe. And me, Clancy Ryan. Music by Glenn Clark. <laughs> <laughs>